This week on The Marketer's Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct-to-Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeart Media gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Welcome to Panther Puri, the podcast where we're supposed to talk Panthers hockey, but sometimes we don't. Here are your hosts, Alex Lopez, Jake Langsam, and TJ Peterson. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Panther Puri. I'm your host, Jacob Langsam. Here with me, as always, are my co-hosts, Alex Lopez and TJ Peterson. And the Florida Panthers are the only good thing in my life right now. Four straight wins bunch of them on the road uh the panthers are now above 500 on the road pretty significantly who could have seen that coming uh i unless you pay like any attention to possession metrics and know how to read a bell curve really good week for the panthers i mean they haven't had the toughest of competition but bob got a shutout uh against ottawa the panthers had a really nice showing against detroit and then they win both legs of a back-to-back at Buffalo and at Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh put up a pretty good fight, too. And uh, sorry to Josh Yohe, but Alexander Barkov is better than Sidney Crosby. Yeah, I mean, okay. the point is that Crosby did not dominate Barkov. Like, there, there's no doubt about it. The, the nicest thing I can say to Crosby is that he played Barkov to a tie. Crosby had a good game. Only good game. in one stat. In all of the rest of the ones we generally look at, Barkov outperformed Crosby pretty significantly. Yeah, no, that was just a clown tweet. We need to dunk on that fool because, like, to go out there and just... I know, but, like, we need to now dunk on him verbally rather than on Twitter, where it's like, you're going to tweet out, oh, that Sidney Crosby had his way with Sasha Barkov when nothing supports it. Absolutely nothing and then you back it up by saying Panthers fans are butthurt. Like, get absolutely wrecked. Like, your response, Jacob, was perfect. Like, chef's kiss, perfect. Like, <laughs> here's the data. If you want to look at Thank fancy you. stats, normal stats, like, no, this isn't true. Crosby did what Crosby does when he was not against Barkov, but when he was Barkov won, and it's not a debate. So just so everyone's aware, the tweet that Alex is referring to is – uh when Josh Yoey tweeted the whole thing about like Sidney Crosby had his way when Barkov is on the ice. Uh, I replied, Crosby had a great game parentheses when Barkov wasn't on the ice close parentheses with uh, a nice little stat sheet that showed uh, Sidney Crosby's uh, possession numbers from that game when Barkov was on the ice versus when Barkov was not on the ice uh, against Barkov, Crosby was 50% Corsi 4, but 44% Fenwick 4, 33% goals 4, and 46% expected goals 4. Without Barkov, he was much better, closer to like 80-90% in all those stats. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's still Crosby. So Right, but point being that Barkov took those numbers down from like 80s and 90s to less than half. 
Uh, yeah. So no, no, Crosby did not have his way with Barkov. It was quite the other way around, in fact. Like, we're not trying to shit on Crosby. Like, he had a good game. It's just like, don't don't make shit up. I mean, not that the blue check mark is the end-all, be-all, but you are a reputable <laughs> writer. Don't make shit up. Like, you were wrong. Eat that fucking L. Yeah. Hmm. We should invite him on the pod instead of <laughs> Alan Walsh. I'm I'm going to uh I'm going to not do that. R I P Alan Walsh. You know I, I I thought that that was such bullshit that he was not willing to play along. That that was such BS. Yeah, he's not. He was a little sense. antagonistic, TJ. <laughs> yeah, oh, TJ. On. TJ, that guy does not. That guy's not here for nonsense. And like you went not, after him with nonsense. He's not. Oh, if if that's what you define as nonsense, no, that's like, what he's all come about. On. We get, he turns we get everything what the into pro goal wrestling. Was. You were trying to chide him a little bit into coming on, but like it was a little antagonistic. <laughs> I mean, but what, I'm, what, what, what I, was look, how, I would, you, was how would you define him calling out Dom like that, saying, like, oh, people are DMing me that you're a joke? That's way more antagonistic. Sure. But what I'm saying is, Alan Walsh is not here for nonsense that doesn't, you know, lockstep agree with him. Like, if you would have put out some. Like so what you're sick. saying is he's soft. Yes. That's what well, yeah, we're saying. That's fine. But I'm just saying, like, we were never going to get him to join the pod by antagonism. You know, now, we, if- have, we have proof that he's soft. You know, you know the proof is 5.9 times 6. That's proof he's soft. <laughs> well played. I would drop my microphone on the ground, but frankly, I don't want to deal <laughs> Your with Your microphone was expensive. Don't do that. <laughs> it's not, it's not really that expensive, but <laughs> I know. <laughs> I, I just don't need to deal with the consequences. It wasn't that epic of a clapback. You know, it wasn't. Let, 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 let's not keep dunking on him considering he's in charge of the re- of the negotiation for the extension. Oh, as if he's going to listen to Panther Puri and be like, fuck those guys. No, I'm going to make we, sure we present that, this that in the negotiation the to be like, you know what? We're going to have to make sign that. Huberto again. We're going to no, have Al- to make that seven figures. Alan Walsh gives me strong, uh, has tweet alerts set up for any time someone tweets his name. I yeah, he never, he oh, never well, turned that. Uh, him in the tweet, so yeah. He never, never turned mind. that quality filter on. <laughs> uh, anyway, Victor Oladipo also made his return from injury, uh, not Ooh. to hard stretch, uh, but I kind of do want to talk about this too before we jump back into the Panthers. Because Oladipo had like a really good night. Alex, thank you for taking me out to watch that game. We weren't at the game, but we were we were out uh, to watch the game at a time that I needed to be out. Uh, a lot so thank of you alcohol for that. was consumed. Yes, but it was a great night. We got to watch the Depot debut alongside the Panthers' domination of Buffalo. Uh, it was a great night. Uh, and yeah, let's let's talk about Victor Oladipo and the Miami Heat for just a moment here. TJ's wearing a Heat jersey, so this this fits. Uh, it is a gold Bam out of Bio jersey uh, for those of you who uh, who obviously can't see TJ right now, which is like literally everyone except for Alex and me. Um, I mean, he sh- he played it like extrapolate his stats out to a full like starting five night, and he played it like a 30, 35 point pace. Yeah, he, he had a really good night. He's struggling a little bit tonight from what I've seen. I haven't looked at the box score, but. He's struggling a bit tonight against a much better opponent, but yeah, the fact that he's healthy and, you know, he was saying that, you know, after his last surgery, it felt like there was a hot knife always pressing against his knee, even, you know, after he had rehabbed and now he doesn't feel that way. So that's a pretty good sign. Also, whatever doctor did that first surgery, what the fuck? (laughs) Like, 
you know, people shouldn't feel like they have a hot uh, knife on their knee after you cut them up. But, you know, you're neither here nor there. Uh, let's get back on topic. TJ, uh, dunk on everyone who talked about the Panthers' road stats, even though you kept showing them the, the, the data saying they're a top five team on the road. They're just not getting the results. Please dunk on everyone. I mean, it happens every year, and people just, like, allow themselves to be Charlie Brown and the football taken away from them. We see a team <laughs> that has this ridiculously unsustainable streak, positive or negative. And I mean, I remember and regularly think back to, because I am that petty. Uh, I can't remember which season it was in particular, but Buffalo had a 10 game winning streak very early in the season. And there was some ago. tweet about like the Panthers, like they're way behind Buffalo right now. And, I, you know, the response was basically like, well, the Panthers are so, so, but Buffalo sucks and they're going to fall off hard. I mean, this stuff is pretty easy to see if you look at that kind of data. And I mean, this year's fool's gold smoke and mirrors team is St. Louis. And I wonder when Vili Huso is going to stop covering up everything bad that they do. But that that team right now is is nowhere near where it needs to be in terms of, uh, you know, controlling play at five on five. And they don't have Igor Sturk. And I know the sexy thing would be to say that the Rangers are frauds because Igor's pumping them up. But Igor's just that good. Is Vili Huso really this good i don't know yeah it's uh, i mean if, if you're a panthers fan you remember billy Huso essentially <laughs> stole three points for the blues against the panthers like i'm sorry i just think it's so funny that the question posed was dunk on people about the panthers away record and the the ending statement was is billy Huso really that good I mean, this is professional stuff you get from us, Jacob. You yeah, should yeah, know this yeah. by now. I mean, like, look, I, I, I don't really intend to antagonize, you know, I don't mean to punch down. Like, I, I'm fine calling Alan I do. Fuck soft the blues. Because he's soft. But, you know, like, people are always going to react to goals and wins and, you know, the rest of the underlying stuff. You can't really convince people. But it always regresses to the mean. We, we know it will. And it does. You're not Alex, always. The unfortunate always... part about letting TJ dunk on people uh, who said that the Panthers suck uh, on the road is that we also have to allow TJ the opportunity to dunk on us for thinking that the home record uh, was going to stay as strong as it was. I mean, I don't... getting goalie the sword is just cuts inevitable. both ways. Getting goalie is just inevitable. That's that's basically it. They're great at home. They're really, really good at home, but getting goalied is inevitable. I mean, I don't think either of us really realistically expected them to finish 35 and six at home. But like, why not? (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough. Fair enough. But yeah, like it's, it's just, you know, you like this time last week, there were, you know, there was talk from idiots saying, Oh, the, you know, the, the blueprint from the Panthers is out there. You know, you just have to hit them hard and, you know, play a sandpaper game and blah, 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 because they lost a couple games where they got goalied and got shit goaltending. But anytime the Panthers lose, it doesn't matter what the game actually looked like on the ice as long as the hit totals are anywhere close. Even if the Panthers had more hits, but if the other team had a close amount of hits, you're going to have the same idiots talking about how the Panthers, you know, don't have any enough grit and they need to go get a Max Domi or some other bullshit, you know, Andre Schuster or whatever type of player to add to the roster. (laughs) Like enough, enough. 
This team doesn't need any of those kind of players. Like they're really fucking good. They, you know, we're gonna get to the more deadline God talk because we all know you. But like, <laughs> you know, this team has regressed to you know regressed to the mean, but regressed in a good way on the road, and now they're well over five hundred on the road, just like all three of us expected when when those questions were out there tj just uh for those of you who heard me under my breath say god damn tj uh, i feel compelled to let the world know uh tj just put his hands above his head uh in a way that flexed his biceps a little bit and tj's been going to the gym quite a bit lately uh and it shows is what i will say thank you not as nearly as much as i should be i've been uh slacking recently i i broke my wrist and i think it was yeah it was mid-july and uh the grind has to get back on schedule but it's been better recently so thank you for noticing anyway like, you you need to adopt the uh the, the standard sitting pose of this that the big jack guys at the gym do i don't know if anyone watched the intermission show oh the Penguins game, <laughs> and there was that jack dad who was just standing there like this the whole time like yeah that's a good that look that's rip. a good look so i'm like <laughs> And I, I even pointed it out to my wife and I'm like, look at this guy. Like he just wants everyone on TV to see he's Jack. Cause there's no reason to ever stand like this for 15 minutes straight. Like, you know, you know what, if you got it flaunted, I can't blame him. Yeah. So, so yeah, the he, official Panther Paris sponsored arm wrestling competition uh, has a new, uh, a new uh, entrant. There's that guy uh, in addition to Andrew Amber and Doug Plagans. Yeah. Him and his and TJ now. And that's, the, that's the undercard. Oh, I will lose badly. That that's the <laughs> undercard for the charity boxing match between Dork and uh, George Richards. I mean, I have no. I mean, I didn't listen to the interview because I had it on mute. But I was just looking at the guy, and I'm like, "Yep, everything." I mean, like, medium T-shirt, everything. It, it, it's it was not really anything substantive, you know. Just saying, like, "Oh yeah, it's been a great season. Crowd's great. Team's great. Stuff we already know." Yeah. N- not nothing against those guys. Just like nothing substantial is going to come they were they were like fill, they were they, they found a panthers fan in pittsburgh and we're filling time second night of a back-to-back for them too yeah sure. yeah i mean a, another strong performance and bobrovsky coming through finally making the saves that he has to and that's why and they a, win like if they get the goaltending they win nine times out of ten yeah it it, it takes a lot going wrong for this team to lose and when they do, like, even when all those things do like go wrong, they very rarely lose by more than a goal. True. Yeah. They always find a way to come back in the games that don't just totally Pandora's box or Jonas Johansson plays in. Right. That's And that's not a, you know, a moral victory statement. That's just saying, like, this team is so good. Like, everything can bounce against them, and they're still in it at the end of the game. Like, I think we can all agree at this point, you know, with this kind of team, there is no such thing as a moral victory. It's, it's deep playoff run or bust. Oh, yeah. I'm Anything sorry. Was- totally off topic. <laughs> Go for it, Jacob. Woman sues Dallas Cowboys owner Jerry Jones says he is her father. It's a new one. Twenty-five-year-old woman is suing Dallas Cowboys owner Jerry Jones and alleges that he is her biological father. Court you know who is the biological father and of the many woman's teams? mother agreed on a settlement to financially Sam support Reinhardt. them as long as they didn't say he was the father. Thank you, TJ. TJ, when, when your third line talk over Jacob. When your third line has a plus fourteen goal differential and one hundred and fifteen minutes on ice, they—they're your father. They—they are your biological father. 
Uh, shout out to first line winger Mason Marchment. Yeah, Mason Marchment's yeah, season talk. has been unfucking believable. Yeah. He's on a ninety point pace, and he, it's, it's Mason. Mar- we got Mason Marchment one for one for Dennis Malgan, now leading his team in scoring in the Swiss League. And, and, but at and the Mason time, Marchment is on a ninety point pace, and at the time. Mason Marchment was definitely the more likely player to lead the Swiss League in points. In fact, that would be an improvement from where he was at the time. I mean, hell, I would have gone with the EJHL or something like his, that. His come up is unlike anything I've ever seen in my life. Top ten yeah. blow up all time. Yeah, this is, we're not even also in, you know, prettiest eyes on the team. Carter Hague is a close second. Yeah, we're not even in good player trapped in a bad player's body territory anymore. Like. Mm-hmm. He's improved his fit, like his physical attributes to kind of match his mental, his hockey IQ. It's really impressive. Shout out to Reese Jessup. Yeah. Even though he is now our enemy. Freaking jerk. We still love him. We can, but he is a jerk. Yeah, him and and, uh, And Josh. (laughs) Oh. Yeah. Like, (laughs) but we're now in the territory. Like, I keep calling him, you know, David Clarkson 2.0, and I'm like, Maybe he's not. Maybe like he's, he's not, actually Carter Verhage 2.0. Like he's not. I don't think he's a 90 point player on a on a less loaded team. But like he might be a 55 ish point player. I mean, here's here's the thing. It's not the the points that necessarily jump out to me. It's that his impact it's when he's on the ice. His Corsi against per 60 is literally off the charts. Yeah, like it's, it's his, selkie caliber. He's the only player on the team with an XG above 60, and he's hovering around 63. Like, it, it's Aww. obscene. It's obscene. That yeah, means that he, soon enough he'll have an XG of 69, which is nice. Like He's not driving any of the lines he's on, but any line he is on dominates that night. Best yeah. pass during the league. Yeah. Yeah, he is the best third wheel in the NHL right now. <laughs> it's It's incredible. I mean, like... I, I mean, like my, I kept joking that um, I kept joking that what's it called? The, you know, the team that signs him to the four by four contract is going to be kicking themselves in the shins next year when he's not repeating this success. But I think, I think he's good. He is good, but no, you're, you you should still see it as the team that signs him is going to be kicking themselves eventually. It, it, there's just no way to tell. His but, possession uh, numbers are good. But what I do want to point out, uh, this is really bold of me because I haven't actually looked this up yet, uh, but I am correct. Uh, so his career shooting percentage in the NHL. Uh, in his first year playing NHL games, he had four games, one assist, zero goals, uh, 0% shooting percentage on three shots. Pretty insignificant. The following year, 50 shots on goal. Not bad. He shot 4% for two goals. Now this year, 63 shots on goal through 32 games. He has 13 goals for a 20.6 shooting percentage. That's not going to hold. Mason Marchman is not a 20% shooter. No, he is. He does not have an elite shot. He doesn't have a deceptive shot. He has. He's, he's, Pat, he's Patrick Hornquist. Mason Marshman like, literally leads the league amongst players with 250 plus minutes and on ice shooting percentage literally leads the league at 15. And that 15%. is unsustainable. It, Look, it, I it, love Marchman. Like the, 
teams that win the cup are the players that can unlock guys like Marchman. So like, I don't want to downplay what he's doing this season. I'm really happy that he's doing what he's doing for the Panthers. It's just a matter of, is it sustainable through multiple seasons? And I mean, I even keep waiting for his scoring to like come to a screeching. It's not gonna, that's not, that's not happening. Which is great for us. That's not happening. But will that happen on another team? He's, he's also 10th in the league amongst again, players, 250 plus minutes in relative to team expected goals for percentage. Like his is 10.62. That's fucking nuts. It's nuts. It's incredible. (laughs) Oh goodness. I just, I don't see this level maintaining for him long-term, like let it stay through this season, please. So the Panthers can win a cup and he can get his name on it. Look, stop worrying and trust, trust the mush. Just trust it. Sure. No, like I'm, I'm not trying to say anything negative about him while he's on the Panther. What I'm trying to put out into the world is that he isn't, is that this performance is not sustainable when he isn't on the Panthers. Every team on a, that goes on a long cup run has that guy who just has an insane playoffs or an insane season. And then, you know, he goes back, you know, he rever- regresses to the mean. I mean, remember the Joffrey Lupo playoff run when he was with the Ducks <laughs> and he had like Jeffrey Lupo was with the Ducks. I thought he was with the Leafs for like ever. He started his career with the Ducks and had an insane playoff run where he shot like 30% and was scoring like two goals a night and carried that team for long stretches. And it's just like, you know, that's Mason Marchman this year. When you're a really good team, guys have, you know, you, you find that guy who has an unsustainable year. Joffrey Lupo's career high in points with the Ducks was 53 points in 81 games. Look at his playoff stats. Oh, he had okay. a playoff that was, like, unreal. Let's see. Joffrey Lupo. Mason Marshman is a playoff performer. Was 11 there. points in 16 games, 10 points in 17 games, 2 points in 6 games, and 4 points in 7 games. None of those really jump out. Look at the goals, because I know there was one where it was just like... Nine goals in 16 games with the Mighty Ducks of Anaheim. Okay, that's... That's that's, true. It's pretty good, but... A goal every other game in the playoffs from a depth guy? That's really good. I I, I love this. More Mason Marchman stats. He's got the fourth best uh, five-on-five score and venue-adjusted Corsi 4 percentage in the league. This is the company he's keeping. Only players ahead of him, Patrice Bergeron, Brad Marchand, Matthew Kachuk, number five, evolving wild favorite, Valerian Nachushkin. He's having a very good year as well. I mean, shout out to Valerian Nachushkin. He's he's good. Watching the, the, the uh, Capitals-Oilers game on TNT, and Backstrom, of all people, just walked in and roofed one over Koskinen. And I'm like, Backstrom doesn't even have a good shot. Where the fuck was this? Why do you say, yeah, why do you say Backstrom of all people as if Backstrom isn't like a future Hall of Famer? Yeah, but he, well, <laughs> well, one, it was Carlson, not Backstrom. Oh, but Carlson okay. just walked in. I, well, remember, but Carlson's also, I mean, Backstrom's known for his passing, not his shot. Right? Sure, but that doesn't mean he isn't like a reasonable shooter. Okay, but it's either way, it was Carlson. And I'm just like, wait a minute, where the fuck is the Koskinen that just absolutely stood on his head? that entire game against the Panthers. But, you know, it is what it is. But that goal is coming off because it was offside. All right. Um, uh, so to wrap up the Marchman conversation and the Marchman for Selkie, end of conversation. Uh, Evolving Wild put out, I think it's their top 20 players on total GAR 
this season. And Mason Marchman is one of three Panthers that showed up there. And I just have to wonder because everything lines up for a legitimate heart trophy candidate candidacy. If he had actually played every game, like he would legitimately be in the conversation if he had played this well in every game. I, well, I just want to say, I just did a, uh, a nice little table chart thing even strength defense goals above replacement uh, per 60 minutes. Number one, Patrice Bergeron. Yeah. Number two, Mason Marchman. Number By three, way, Zach Whitecloud. Who wants to guess who number four is? Ryan Lomberg. No. Anton Liddell. No. Valeri Nichushkin. No. Dang, I suck at guessing. There's a reason that I would say guess Carter Verhage. No. Oh, after like saying Zach Whitecloud is number three, but number four. Oh, with Jared a, McCann. No, with an even strength oh. defense per 60 minutes of 0.476, apparently defensive stalwart Henrik Borgstrom. <laughs> oh, oh, God. Oh, man. We lost the trade. I we lost stats. the trade. <laughs> Yeah, sometimes per 60 minute stats are, aren't, aren't that great if you don't have a, a huge amount of a sample size. I should anyway, say I did I did do a sample size, uh, a minimum TOI of 400 minutes. Back, back to my point, the other two Panthers that were in the top 20 in goals above replacement were uh, Sam Reinhardt and Aaron Ekblad. And I think that we talked a little bit about it with Mike Ryan, but Aaron Ekblad has really had a phenomenal season. And frankly, I, I would say that he's been the most valuable player for the Panthers this year. A less controversial point that we can all rally around is that he should be legitimately getting some Norris buzz. This I mean, he's got to be. I honestly believe that Ekblad and Uyghur could both be Norris finalists. I mean, Maybe what do you mean? Finalists in the final three? Yeah. McCarr and Fox. What? McCarr's running away with it, and Fox is going to get a ton of votes because New York Rangers. Kale McCarr has scored more goals this season than I, than I, I think McKenna. that I think you're likely top three because Ekblad's currently getting snubbed, and this of course could turn around, especially if he like has ten more goals this season. Is number one obviously Kale McCarr because he's putting up a, an unbelievable year. He's scoring like a forward. Number two, but Victor also Hedman. playing better defense than Eric Carlson. Victor Hedman, who I regret to report is having a very, very, very strong year <laughs> after not being that great last year. And then number three, this one's kind of on uh, reputation, but he's also had a pretty good year. You know, like if this was some other guy having this kind of year, we would be talking about it like it was, you know, the second coming of Jesus. Roman Yossi has had a good year, but he's yeah. kind of getting that Norris conversation or consideration because of who he is. I mean, you're forgetting also Victor Hedman. I said Victor Hedman second. He said, oh, I, I thought Fox was second. Sorry. No, Fox hasn't been, Fox hasn't been Norris good this year. He's still been yeah. excellent. Yeah. But because he plays for the Rangers and fraudulent or not because of Shesterkin, he's going to get that bump. I, I the mean, Rangers gonna, the, gonna that was top the top three, three that was had from the like straw poll he did of people with actual votes. So I, I don't think Fox is going to get in there, but you might be right. I'll be happy to be wrong. I'll be happy to be wrong. Well, I mean, either way, like, I'm not going to be happy if Yossi's in there above Fox. Like, that doesn't mean anything to me. Like, Ekblad should be number three. Hedman and Makar, I don't have any problem with them being above Ekblad, but Ekblad's had a better season than Yossi. Yeah, Uh, he's been been incredible. I mean, his defense isn't elite yet, but it's exponentially better than he's given credit for. So, 
And then I mean, there the are people who legitimately think he's bad at defense. The offense is wrong. Let's put it this way in terms of the offense. Kale McCarr is on a tier of his own. And Aaron McBlad is definitely in the next tier. Mm, Aaron McBlad, my favorite player. <laughs> I mean, look, Fox is not a better offensive player than him. Yossi is not a better offensive player than him. Hedman is not a better offensive player than him. It's McCarr. And I'm not going to allow anybody to say that there's another defenseman in this league that is unquestionably a more impactful offensive defenseman than Aaron Ekblad. And his defense is also good. Like it's not elite, but it's good. He does not sacrifice defense in order to produce elite offense. Yeah. It's because he is not a traditional power, uh, power play quarterback. He's not getting the credit for his offensive game that he deserves. I just sent you guys something kind of interesting. It's that by, by rap metrics, Aaron Ekblad is outperforming Kale McCarr in every stat except expected goals against, and it's not even XGA isn't that different. Yeah, but it's the only one that McCarr outperforms Ekblad. That's right, Ekblad outperforms McCarr in on ice goals four per sixty, on ice expected goals four per sixty, on ice Corsi four per sixty, and I can hear people just in comment sections being like, well, Ekblad plays with Barkov. Makar plays with McKinnon. Shut up. He also has 65 yeah. points in 54 games. So, Right. Like, I, Makar is winning the Norris this year. Like, it's just And inevitable. deservedly so. Sure. Yeah. But Ekblad deserves to be a finalist. Yeah. Yeah, we're just battling for who else gets to show up at the award show and have their name read. And I, Ekblad, I mean, Ekblad's Ekblad never had that happen. It. So, know. like, it's meaningful, I think. Ekblad will win a Norris. I don't know. It's, it, Norris is a hard to win. They are. Ekblad. Well, the Norris it's such a reputation of those, It's what Right. It's one of those trophies that's usually given a year or two after a player actually deserved it. Yeah, so Adam, keep your Adam eyes Fox peeled the, for, yeah, Adam Fox is a different story. Last year, he like genuinely deserved it. But he but also like got when the John Rangers Carlson button. won his Norris, John Carlson did not deserve it. Ekblad is a better defenseman than Carlson. And Carlson... John Carlson doesn't have a Norris. John Carlson won the Norris for passing the puck to Ovi on the power play. A bunch Did he of really times. win the Norris? Did this happen? I, like two or three years ago. Yeah. It's positive he has a Norris. He was a finalist in 2020. It looks like the year. They do not contradict won. Jacob right now. Uh, no, I'm wrong. I could have sworn he won it. I thought so too. I thought Don't he had gaslight me, Jacob. <laughs> gaslight gatekeep, gatekeep girl boss. Okay, in that case, I'm glad that John Carlson didn't win the Norris for passing the puck to Ovi on the power play a bunch of times. John Carlson's good, <laughs> but Ekblad's better. Right. I'm not exactly breaking any news there. Aaron Ekblad will win a Norris one day. It might not be this year because Kale McCarr is scoring at a full pace without actually sacrificing defensive capability to do so. But this is one of those times where, like, the Norris is often awarded to a player a year or so after they actually deserved it. So I'm going to, I'm going to put it out there right now. Aaron Eckblad's going to win the Norris next year. If the Panthers can continue their strong play and he gets a nominee year where he's one of the top three, then we could see him winning a Norris in the next few years, but Stanley cup champion, Aaron Eckblad is going to win the Norris trophy next year. That will only help his... I should say reigning Stanley Cup champion. Yeah. Write it down. Uh, Sharpie. At me if I'm wrong. A year and four months from now. 
Since we're talking about awards, let's talk about rookies real quick, but I don't want to spend too much time on it. Anton Lundell scored two goals in a game where Moritz Seider and Lucas Raymond scored zero goals. Anton Lundell automatically wins the Calder, except that Trevor Zegers exists. Yeah, but like, am I crazy? (laughs) I mean, I know it's one game, and I think they were out in the second night of No, no, that was Buffalo. But Moritz Seider looked awful in that game. Like, the Panthers abused him. (laughs) I kind of want to look up the... uh the the game chart and just see like how Lundell played against Cider and Raymond. Um, like Cider was out of position on like two or the th- uh, two of the Panthers goals. So I'm like, going to do that real quick and just see how long it takes me to actually find. That was the second night of the back to back for Detroit. It was on natural. Yeah, for, oh, for you're right. Detroit. It was for Detroit. Was. Not for the Panthers. Uh, that was see. that was absolutely a schedule loss for them. There, there was no way they were going to win that game at all. They, yeah, the Panthers. I mean, not that the Panthers need any schedule help, but getting Detroit on the second night of their back to back, and then Buffalo on the second night of their back to back, that's just unfair. It isn't fair. It like really that's is. just unfair. And like the Buffalo game, the Panthers just took their foot off the gas the entire third period. The same thing with the Detroit. Like as soon as Nadelkovich came in, it's like. You could almost see like the players like, yeah, this dude played last night and he's back out there. Like, let's let's just, you know, cash it in and and leave it at six, you know, it ended up six two. Leave it at six goals and not go for ten tonight. Mm-hmm. I think I don't they know tried who, to get Lund up his Hattie, but other than that, like they just I don't you know, know how to handicap who should actually win the Calder. I'm leaning towards Cider because it's Zegris. Look. Lundell plays with Sam Reinhart for the most part. R- Lucas Raymond plays with Dylan Larkin and, and uh, Bertuzzi, who I regret to inform you is, is actually pretty good. Uh, there was one other guy. I can't. Oh, Bun- Bunting. He's plays pretty with good in, in the United States. Yeah. Bunting plays with Matthews. Also, he's like 30. I mean, Trevor Zegris, yeah, he doesn't necessarily play with elite line mates, but Sider has played with Nick Letty pretty much all year. Or not even Nick Letty, Danny DeKaiser. Who sucks? Yeah. Who like passed through waivers today? And yeah. he's putting up all the numbers that he's putting up. I mean, yeah, I, I'm I'm pretty convinced. I mean, he's got 41 points as a defenseman, as a rookie. Like that's really good. Yeah, I, I'm still convinced that it's going to be Trevor Zegers. Like I, that's I, just the name on everyone's lips this year. I think that, I mean, everyone's the, talking about. That's Zegers. the one too, most likely. It's going to be one of the two, but it's he, not a Panther, so let's move on. People love the defenseman. Uh, sure, Lundell, like, like maybe he Trevor could Zegers, be a finalist. Like, Trevor Zegers a... is making like non hockey fans watch hockey. Yeah, like Michael Trevor Zegers is doing that. Well, I want to ask this about Lundell, Jacob. What, are, what have his advanced stats improved? Because they were pretty mediocre a few months ago. Uh, like his results I, were good, but like I, I, I want to point out that since he went down, the PK hasn't given up a goal. <laughs> Just one game. Let's TJ, so, I'm gonna kill you. Like, this is a threat. <laughs> this this is a threat. He doesn't have I'm, to be a good penalty killer. I'm going killer. to kill you. He's we don't still, talk bad about he's still awesome. Though. Doesn't have to be a good penalty killer. Yeah, Lindell. Funny enough, Lindell. Lindell's offensive results have improved pretty dramatically. Uh, his defense uh, is not phenomenal. Look like Fine. he's a twenty. Sam Reinhardt and Mason Marchman are having a career year, and we have to give Lindell credit for that. Right. Yeah. It, it, it's 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 the same argument I have with people who want to shit on Huber's defense. Twenty, it's he was like, twenty and fifteen, sixteen. 
Say it again. I will say uh, Barkov was 20 in the 15-16 season, right? 15-16, uh, yeah, because his rookie year was 13-14. Lundell's 21-22 season is better than Barkov's 15-16 season. Like when you compare the 20-year-old seasons, Lundell is outperforming Barkov, and both of those teams, like the 15-16 Panthers team, won their division. We know it was on the back of Roberto Luongo and Al Montoya, but the 15-16 team won their division. So you can't say, oh, well, this team is so much better. They are, but that's not the point here. Yeah. <laughs> that team still got the on-ice results, even if it wasn't sustainable. And 20-year-old Lundell has better numbers than 20-year-old Barkov. Speaking of Lundell, for all of you Flyers fans slash Coyotes fans. Slash you're not Bucks getting fans, them. You're not getting them. And you're not getting Spencer Knight. You're not getting either. Spencer Knight. He's not going You'll get Owen Tippett and you will like it. Who's um, No slouch, by the way, did want to mention Owen Tippett. Another point in the AHL tonight. Two points yesterday. Not surprisingly, he's lighting up the AHL. Yeah, he's putting on a great trade deadline show. I think I think we can all and agree. I thank him for that. He he's a limited player. Like he's not going to turn into. He's a four A. No, I, I think that he's not a four A. But like, no, I th- I think he's going to become a good NHL player. But he's never going to be like, you know, Austin Matthews. He's never going to be like even like Ricard Raquel. I think oh. would be a pretty high ceiling for him. Like well, he'll know, be, I, you know, a, a good depth scorer. He'll be, I, I think he's going to be like slightly better Mike Hoffman, maybe. I think the better comparable is he's never going to be James Neal. Yeah. That's good. Because that's a similar kind of game, and James Neal perfected it, and Tippett hasn't yet. I mean, it's not over for him, but he's having a great deadline. Um, I don't, I know you guys don't want to talk about it too long, but there is updates with all the deadline stuff, even uh, that's still 12 days away. There's rumors of what a package would look like for a Panthers. Flyers trade for Claude Giroux. And that was the rumors. And they were actually kind of surprising because Owen Tippett's name wasn't involved. It was Grigory Denisenko, uh, Lucas Carlson, which was surprising, and the 2023 first round pick. I, I, tell- I think you only trade Carlson if you've got another defenseman lined up. And I and think that's they, exact- they have Lindbaum. And that's exactly... Um, what this these this rumor return tells me, the fact that Owen Tippett isn't in it and Lucas Carlson is means the Panthers are working the phones really hard for a defense and whether it be Lindbaum, whether it be Chickering, because they've been linked to both of those players in the last 24 hours by very reputable sources. So the fact that Owen Tippett isn't in the trade, Lucas Carlson, I, I mean, this is me completely speculating here. But when do you hear of this specific of a potential return this far out, you know, this far out from the deadline? It almost and this isn't like did this come from like one of the this was like uh, this was I I think this was Elliot Friedman on Jeff Merrick's show or maybe the other way around. Like it was either Friedman or Merrick is the one who reported this. Yeah, this was Friedman on Merrick's show yesterday. Oh, it was yesterday because I listened to his hit today and I didn't remember anything. Oh, he, he. he was talking about a, a chikrin type package. I think it was just speculation. He said, first Spencer Knight, blah, blah, blah. That gets you Jacob Chikrin. Look, we know that the Panthers aren't trading Spencer Knight. It's not happening. So forget about that possibility. And we know they're not trading Anton Lundell. Yeah. Neither are getting yeah. traded. Unless the Oilers want to look at moving that Connor McDavid fella, in which case he might be available. McDavid for Lundell, one for one. I think I'd do it. You got to worry about the cap hit. Got to worry about the cap hit. 
They got to retain some uh, on McDavid. Yeah, they got to retain about. <laughs> he's a little overpaid at twelve point five. Yeah, I mean, come on, Ooh. he's not even putting up the kind of season that Mason Marchman is. <laughs> but I, you know, I think you're 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 starting to. I mean, look, it's obvious the Panthers are all in. It's obvious the Panthers want Claude Giroux, and I think you know that's pretty much the only forward they're in on. They don't really need other depth forwards. They've got all the forward depth they could ever want. If this deadline comes down to, yeah, Lucas Carlson goes out, Denisenko goes out, first round pick goes out. I mean, I don't even know what you need to add to Owen Tippett because you've got nothing left unless you're willing to trade a 24 first, which would be absolutely insane to get Lindvall or Chikrin. I I, I think Giroux means Chikrin is not a viable option unless they actually do decide to include Spencer Knight, which would be absolutely stunning. You don't do that. I don't, I just just don't, I don't think you can do that. I agree. I'm just saying, I think that's the only way you can get Chikrin and Giroux is you have to give up Spencer Knight. Like you just don't have the assets to acquire Chikrin once you've traded Denisenko and your first round pick. Real quick on, on not trading Spencer Knight. I look at the bolts. I look at their underlying numbers and scratch my head. Like, why are they so close to the Panthers? Their depth is so much worse. Their stars aren't even having star seasons. And it's Andre Vasilevsky. If you get that guy that's a star goalie from the draft and you have them on your team for 15 years, you're going to be competitive. 13 of those years, something like that. So like you're, you're rolling the dice. Like Spencer Knight is not necessarily going to be that guy for sure, but he might be. Yeah. You, you put in the effort to draft him. You've started developing him. His, his early season numbers were not good. But he's also twenty years he's also old. 20. It just doesn't happen. He's looked exponentially better. He was the last so month good or so. against Buffalo. Yeah, like granted, it's Buffalo, but like he was really good. He gave up a softy. He should have had a shut a shutout. But his his results have been a lot better. And it's not something you sell on unless you you just can't say no. And I don't think as much as. You know, we're all Jacob Chikrin fanboys. The story is great. Local kid. His dad works for the organization, or, or I guess works for Bally Sports Florida, not the organization. He works tangentially to the organization. Yeah, yeah I mean, it, like, organization the, adjacent. Tangent, tomato, tomato, you know. There's all the tomato, tonanato. You know, the feel-good story rather than, like, I know the, the obsession, what is uh, Gossa Spear, like, because he's a local kid. Like, Chikrin makes, the, makes a lot of sense, but... He's been so mediocre this year. Yes, he's on and off. No, he hasn't. We've been over this. He has. He's been good. No, he hasn't. Yes, he no, has. His numbers. I will are die on this hill. They are not. His even strength defense per sixty minutes is better than Mason Marchment's, and we just talked about how good Marchment's been. Either way, I'm just saying. Oh, either either way, yeah. Either way, I'm just going to brush that off. Yes, I'm brushing it off, and I'm moving on. Um, I, I just don't think you you spend Spencer Knight plus no Owen Owen Tippett plus no, whatever else it's going to take no. for Jacob Chikrin. No, now, all right, you know. Okay. While we're on the topic on. of defensemen, what do we think about Hampus Lindholm? I fucking love Hampus Lindholm. I've I've talked about him briefly when we've talked about deadline acquisitions. Um, I know, like when I first brought him up, the thought was, "Well, is Anaheim really going to sell?" Uh, but they have a new GM now, uh, and the answer is maybe they will. If we fucking land Hampus Lindholm, I will like that's a jersey for me. I'm a huge games Hampus Lindholm fan for 15 games. Yeah, because that's going to be a rental. 
doesn't he have another year? No, he doesn't. Oh, um, and he's looking at then like, maybe it's not, but he's I just looking mean like in terms he's of looking how for much seven like by him. seven right now. Like there, there's 0.0 chance. If he gets traded to the Panthers, like, right. Like if he gets traded to the Panthers, then Bill Zito has the leverage of, well, Ekblad makes seven, five, and you're not that good. Yeah. But even then they couldn't make six, five work. They couldn't make seven. No, no, he's not signing here. Like that flat out isn't happening. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a jersey for you, Jacob. You can spend the $30 for a jersey, but yeah. Hanfis Lindholm, like if you walk away from the deadline, with Hanfis Lindholm and Claude Giroux, it's going to cost a ton in assets and you're going to have nothing at the deadline in 2023. But the Panthers are by far the Stanley Cup favorite. They added those two players to the lineup. Your top four defenseman is Ekblad Lindholm, Forsling Uyghur. Like you can that's fuck a cup. teams like, up. That's a cup. That's a cup. Yeah. Like that, that's, that's a cup. Yeah, especially take... if you can also manage a trade for Claude Giroux. Yeah, <laughs> if Giroux and Lindholm, if you like, that's fucking chill. That that's chill. You're you're yeah. playing NHL GM mode with like easy trade difficulty, and you win. You just win the cup. It's a team that's comparable to last year's Tampa Bay Lightning team, and it's not even that's not even hyperbole. It's one of the top teams that's been put together in a very very long time. Will they act? Can that team actually win the cup? You know, who knows? They still got to win 16 games against really tough opponents, but that's a loaded fucking roster. Like, damn, it's a loaded team. So, I mean, it's still got to get done, and we're speculating and we're putting the cart way ahead of the horse. But, like, there, this isn't us fan, you know, playing fan GM. The Panthers are 100% in on Claude Giroux, they're being called the favorite for Claude Giroux. I think that's a reasonable expectation since you're hearing who <laughs> the, the best defense be. is. Fuck you. I dare you to score seven goals I mean, against Cla- me. Claude Giroux not bad defensively. He's underrated defensively. He's, right. But like you've got honors. Like if they, if they're going for Claude Giroux, the strategy is I dare you to try to outscore us. Yeah. And that's fine. That's it's our hard, identity. It's hard to score in the playoffs and he can score in the playoffs. We've seen it over and over and over. Yeah. The, the Panthers already have arguably the deepest top nine in the NHL. Why it's are you just limited l- to the deepest top nine? Okay. Well, it's called the <laughs> deepest forward group. There deepest you go. Forward group in the NHL. You add a legitimate first liner in Claude Giroux to it. It's just like, it's, it's it, like you said, it's chill. It's playing G- be a GM with, with trade vetoes off. And you're adding whoever you want to the team as long as you can fit it under the cap. Like it's it's a hilariously good team. Hanfis Limholm, I mean, I think that would be an amazing pairing with Aaron Ekblad. He does everything well. He's not a master of anything, but he does everything well, which matches really well with Ekblad, who also does everything well, even though he's a little bit more offensive than defensive. Like it's oh god, I'm just so excited thinking about it. Uh, yep, and then Forsling and Weger. We already saw that was a good pairing in the playoffs. The only thing is that I'm worried about, because like I will fully cop to not watching the Ducks very much, if at all. And the charts don't look so good from what I'm seeing for Lindholm. So uh, TBD on that. But uh, maybe maybe Jake could get some more charts for us on Lindholm. I, I think there, there's an interesting... Lindholm is one of those players that the analytics sites that we like to use do not have a universal consensus on him. Like hockey biz fucking loves Hampus Lindholm loves him. 
Yeah, Dom's Dom's stuff doesn't seem to really love him. Evolving hockey doesn't love him as much. Dom's, uh, I have my questions about Dom's model. That's former like, uh, former Panther Paris guest uh, Dom Lachision. Uh I'm in the same boat on that. I'm in agreement with you on there, Jacob. But hockey viz loves Hampus Lindholm. I'll just repeat what I said earlier. What I mean, I think I said it on the pod, or maybe I haven't since all this stuff happened afterwards. When you put out a top ten. Uh, heart trophy list based off your model and eight of the 10 players all play on a line together. That's, well, that's a loaded line. Well, yeah, but it, but when you're attempting to measure individual impact and eight of your top 10 are line mates, that says that your, your, your model is flawed because it should be able to differentiate between guys on a line better. So I, I'm with Jacob in terms of questioning dom's metrics i'm not saying they are useless we're definitely not saying I, analytics i, I feel like i we're need to say i like dom a lot i think he's a brilliant guy but that individual metric seems flawed let, let, let me give you some context it's, it's not even really dom's model uh, with huberto and uh i posted this on the community which people can join uh here's where he ranks amongst the forwards again 250 plus minutes there are 20 panthers skaters that have played that many minutes in terms of offensive zone starts per 60, he's first. In terms of offensive zone start percentage, he's first. In terms of defensive zone start percentage, he's 19th, which is, again, one from the bottom. So he's starting in the offensive zone more than anybody else and in the defensive zone less than anybody else. You want to guess how where he is in goals against per 60? He's 20th. In XG against per 60, he's 18th. High danger chances against per 60, he's 18th. So the points are all great. But it makes a lot of sense to me that a guy that's putting up that kind of defensive, you know, maybe not necessarily weakness, but like there's warning signs there. It makes sense to me that that guy's not a heart trophy candidate. What's his differential, though? What the, the goal differential is still positive, but other players on the team have better differentials. Alex, that was like dancing around asking for his plus minus. Fair. Well, no, because... <laughs> The whole point about plus minus is that you're only you're basically not including look, power play. Look, look, don't get me plus wrong. I'm not trying to argue that he stack, is a. It's awful for individual evaluation. It's it's. I'm not trying to argue that Huberdo is not a positively impactful player. I'm just trying to argue that that suggests he's not the best player in the league. He's going to win the Art Ross. He doesn't also need the heart. Yeah, I mean, the heart is not the Art Ross. They're two different trophies. We, we, I agree with you. I'm just saying to not have him in the top 10 and to and have the metrics, you know, having your individual metrics, having 18 I think that's a better argument. your metrics are flawed. I wouldn't have him in the top 10. I, would, I think that Aaron Eckblad should be in the top 10 for the yeah. heart. I would have him around 9-10. And uh, I think that Evolving Hockey actually has him in their top five. I guess I'll be alone on that island then saying that Huberto at, at bare minimum should be in the top ten. Yeah, I mean, look, the one I would be happy with, that, I would be happy with Huberto winning the Art Ross, like getting recognized for that. Like, that's he, fine. Yeah. There, there is one caveat to all this. He has the lowest on-ice save percentage on the team. It's 896. So that will probably improve and he won't be the worst defensive player on the team. But, you know, while that's going on, I can't necessarily shoo it away. So I'll just say for now that it makes sense that he's not literally the best player in the league. Like that makes sense to me. Yeah. Understood. But, but Ekblad should be top three for Norris. And you know what? Sam Reinhart. Top 20 for <laughs> Hart, maybe top 20. 
I think that's fair. Um, before we, we wrap this up, though, like we did kind of just beat around the bush about it a little bit. Let's uh, talk about why Claude Giroux fits in well with the Panthers. It's because I, I said it a minute ago. It's the best defense is a good fuck you. I dare you to score seven times. Well, it, it, <laughs> Claude Giroux is playing into their identity. Like if they go out and swing big on Claude Giroux, it's because they're trying to capitalize on the identity of just of we want 10. They're, yeah. they're just going to try and outscore. And like th- what, what they're trying to do is make Sergei Bobrovsky's inconsistency a non-factor because how often are we really going to get outscored? He's also responsible defensively. It's yeah. not an all offense player. You're getting someone that you can play one through nine in your lineup. What, what, what makes Claude Giroux a perfect fit is that you can put him on your first line at right wing because he's a righty. And your first line is Arter Verhage, Barkov, mm-hmm. and Giroux and allows you to put the Marchman, Lundell, Reinhardt line back together. Or, you know, you can put him on the second line and your second line is Huberto, Bennett, Giroux. And now you have Giroux and his elite faceoffs as your second line, because Bennett is just okay at face-offs. And he can cover for both those guys who neither of them are good defensively. Put him at right wing on all th- on all three of your top line, or any of your top three lines, and it, f- it theoretically fits perfectly, and it allows Bruno to you know keep mixing and matching on that right wing and just shuffling to Claire, Marchman, and Giroux around to find whatever is going to work that night. It's, it meshes so perfectly. Yeah. My, my one concern is that I don't think he's ever played right wing at the NHL le- level regularly. He's played left Giroux? wing. Giroux? Yeah, he's, he's right wing all the time. He's, he's typically playing left wing as far as I'm aware. Could have sworn he was playing right wing. He's a right I shot. Unless he's playing I mean, he, he, on the power I'm, play, he I'm, plays from like the OB office, but. Yeah, I'm no, fairly confident that it would work, but at the same time, it hasn't happened before. I mean, you could just make the adjustment if you play him at right wing for the final 20 games of the season and it doesn't work. Like you'll put Marchman at right wing or you put Verhage at right wing. Those guys have played pretty well at right wing. So you don't necessarily need to freak out if it doesn't work. That is the one thing I would say about that though. Uh, still want Jordano. I don't know if that's going to happen necessarily, but I'm going to, I'm going to continue yeah. to As say. As we've I inched still closer want... to the trade deadline, we haven't really heard a lot of links to Giordano from the, from the heavy hitters. We haven't heard anything about Giordano recently, really. I know you're right. That sexy link to Calgary, <laughs> but look like Friedman always says when Calgary and trade deadline is brought up that like, Oh, like, do you want to mess with what's working so well for Calgary right now? And I get that, but, um, that seems to su- suggest to me that they're not necessarily going all out to get him back. Maybe he wants to go there and that's the reason that it'll happen because they like, they give the crack in a fourth round pick and they're just wanting to respect his wishes. But like, you know, I, as far as I'm aware, that's still up in the air. I do think the Panthers are favorites for Drew. It does seem like the avalanche have pulled out of that and they would be the co favorites and, you know, with me not knowing anything about it, but it, it really does seem like the Avalanche are out of that based on what I'm it, hearing. It seems that the Avalanche have their eyes on a different target, on a different Thomas, winger. Thomas Hurdle? The Avalanche, from what I understand, are now competing with the Rangers for Patrick Kane. Wait, hmm. where is this? You know, I heard them for, for JT Miller. I heard they were interested in JT Miller. 
I did hear that. But where did you hear this Patrick Kane rumor? NHL Network. Should Patrick Kane consider going to the Rangers to chase a cup? Let's see where other things. Is Patrick Kane a pending UFA? I don't think. I feel like he's got his contract expires after next year. Yeah, I mean, okay. but Kyle Davidson came out, you know, in his, you know, welcome to Chicago, even though you were already there interview and said, yeah, we're in a full rebuild. So I wouldn't be surprised if, uh, you know, if they go to Kane and Kane says, you know what, I, I do want to try to win one more Stanley Cup, he'll probably get traded. Yeah. He might to- Taves is going to go down with the ship because he's really nowhere near as valuable as he used to be. I mean, I know yep. he's had, he bad. had his health issues. Bad player. But so he's going to go down with the ship. So that because, you know, if they try to move him and they put it out there that he's available and no one nibbles, it just makes, it just makes Taves look bad. Yeah. So they're just going to be like, no, we'll never trade our captain. But yeah, Patrick Kane, it wouldn't surprise me at all if he's somewhere else that, you know, I thought, I thought it was going to be, at the draft, but I guess now for two cup runs with his new team, I don't know how that fits with the Rangers considering they are in a pretty steep cap crunch for next season. Yeah. But I guess they could always do the 50% retention and fit it in that way. From an NHL network TV spot, uh, the avalanche are reportedly one of the teams that have reached out to the Chicago Blackhawks to inquire about Patrick Kane, according to David Pagnotta. Oh, you know what? I think that the way it was hinted at, when I'm, you know, heard that they were out on Giroux is like, oh, they're working on something bigger. And Patrick Kane would definitely be bigger. Yeah. Patrick Kane is still a top 15 to 20 player in the NHL. Yeah. And Claude Giroux, I would say, is more of a top he, He's He's in also in that Hubert boat of like your team's defense plummets when he's on the ice, but like also. <laughs> but who offense. cares? He scores. The <laughs> offense, like. Yeah. Boom. Like, uh, you know, he's got that uh, evolving wild chart where the red is down to like the one standard deviation in, on defense and then the blue up to three on offense. So he definitely cancels out the bad defense with good offense. I think he it'd is. be fun to see Kane go to New York uh, if for no other reason than to be reunited with her Tammy Panarin. Oh, that's yeah. a good point. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, but I hate the Rangers and I don't want them to have nice things. That's fair. But like Kane and Panarin are a lot of fun together. <laughs> Oh, they are. Um, and just for any Panthers fan who's now like, uh, oh, well, why don't the Panthers go after Patrick Kane? There is a salary He's, gap. He is due 10.5 million AAV for next this year season. and next year. And even right. at a 50 the, the next reten- season is the problem there. Right. Even at a 50% retention, so it'd be 5.25, the Panthers can't make that work. They already got get it, they already have to get rid of Patrick Warnquist, 5.25. I figured it out. You trade for Patrick Kane for a cup run this year and then trade him to recoup your first round pick at the draft. I mean, in theory, you could do that. <laughs> Hire but me. This is, th- this is again, some EA NHL shit. This is some franchise mode shit. It is, but that's, it's, also, it's also a really smart way to run your team. You treat, you treat him as a rental and recoup you know, what you can at the draft. But again, I, I, I don't see Zito swinging that big. Patrick Kane is going to get a haul, an absolute haul that the Panthers do not have. Like, I, I, I would say Chicago laughs at you if you offer Denisenko. Mm-hmm. Um, Denisenko, Tippett, the 24 first, and any other prospect. Let's call it, um, oh, who's Justin Sorted? Like, you still get laughed at. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, this is going to be, like, let's say, it's, if it's the Rangers, it's going to be, like, Capo Caco. 
going to to Chicago for Patrick Kane. This is not going to be quantity. quantity. I mean, there's going to be quantity, but that A piece is going to be some really good quality. And like I said, you're looking at Capo Caco or even Alexi Lafreniere for Patrick Kane. Yep. Yeah. The Panthers are not in it. Don't even, you know, don't fantasy GM about it. Never going to happen. Alex DeBrincat, never going to happen. Be happy with Claude Giroux when the, and win the Stanley Cup. When the deadline passes, I think that we can start, you know, in, in our typical fantasy GM, this won't actually be the way it goes down way. Talk about some things they can do in the offseason because it wouldn't necessarily be the worst idea to make some more cap space. And I'm not even just talking about Hornquist going out the door. But, you know, right now the trade deadline is something that we should be more focused on. It's more relevant. And uh, the last thing I guess I want to say about the trade deadline is that uh, I don't want any part of P.K. Subban, regardless of what price he comes at. I you shut your mouth. I just don't think it would fit. You also I, didn't think Sam Bennett would fit, so fuck you. <laughs> well, just, just to quickly touch on it, I mean, if P.K. Subban were to get, you know, his contract terminated or released or whatever, and you can get him for free, I think you bring him in with the express realization that he At is your... At least give his agent a call. Like. Right. He is your seventh <laughs> defenseman because I don't... Th- like, or maybe he replaces Montour in the lineup and, you know, Montour just has to take one for the team. But, you know, I... The fact that he's a right shot defenseman and you already have four in your lineup, it means a guy like Justin Braun doesn't make sense. It means PK Subban doesn't make sense. Now, if you can get PK Subban for free, and like I said, you're benching Gudis or Montour, it makes sense because it was free. But you do not go and give assets for a right shot defenseman because there's just nowhere to put them. And you'd have to sit even you know, you'd have to sit one of your six best defensemen because you have too many right shot defensemen. Like it just doesn't work. Yeah. I, I can, I don't have anything to add to that. That's pretty much what I think. Is there any other, anyone else? I mean, look, every, every podcast up until the deadline, we're going to be talking trade. I know it gets a bit repetitive, but there's new info every week. One other thing everyone should already know about Claude Giroux, there will be no deal until the deadline because it's oh, extremely well-known. It's not officially said, but it's extremely well known. He wants to play his thousandth game as a flyer and doesn't want to do it in another Jersey because, and I agree kind of would be cheap where, you know, he plays three games as a Panther and we're giving him the silver stick for his a thousandth game. Like he wants that ceremony with the flyers. So I would not be surprised if the flyers retired his number when he, when, like when he's done. Oh, there's no doubt that's happening. Yeah, no, he's going, yeah, for sure. He's been the captain forever. He's been, you know, an all, uh, Multi-time all-star, multi-time, you know, leader in points and, you know, top 10. Also one of the best beards in the NHL. Yeah, like, no, Claude Giroux, he's going into the rafters. Is number 21, I think it is. That's going into the rafters in Philly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think that can pretty much wrap this one up. Any closing notes, guys? Claude Giroux wears number 28. I was close. A different different interval of seven. Um, I think that's it. What are they what, what are they rating us five stars on today? Steam. Rate us five stars on Steam. Have we Steam. done Steam yet? There you go. There we go. I like that. All right. So long and thanks for all the fish, Thanks, everybody. my obsession with Skyrim recently. Uh oh. 
we are announcing the giveaway tomorrow, right, TJ? The the Florida Hockey Now. Yeah, we we're gonna do a giveaway for the subscription of Florida Hockey Now. Uh, make sure to subscribe to the newsletter. Also, uh, keep your eyes peeled because we might be giving away something else pretty cool. Also, so uh, follow the newsletter. Uh, check out the Florida Hockey Now giveaway that'll be t- tomorrow announced at the same time as the game and uh, be on the lookout for something else thanks everyone bye later everybody it's the marketer's report this week, Patrizia Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. The best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for a show, audio was a core part of that. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more.